Hello everybody and welcome to Sound of Play. Every Wednesday in Sound of Play, 
we bring you some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. No one joining me in Sound of Play 259. Instead, to make up for the last show that I was on with Thomas, not to make up for it because it was bad, I thought it was pretty excellent. A fantastic selection of tunes, but to make up for the fact that we had no listener requests in that show, I thought we'd come back with our first all-request show in a number of weeks with this latest Sound of Play. And we started off with what ought to be a familiar melody to many of you, played in a couple of forms, the theme from the original Final Fantasy, the main theme requested by Blue All Day quite some time ago on the forum. Blue All Day said this music plays when your adventure really begins as you cross the bridge to a different land. It's difficult to describe how epic and significant this felt the first time I saw that screen and heard this music. It's infused with hope, wonder and the feeling of a journey ahead. And isn't that what we always want from the beginning of an RPG or certainly of that type of RPG where although there is darkness, there is also that sense of fantasy and wonder and adventure and exploration. And Nobuo Uematsu has conjured that feeling up or at least helped in tandem with the developers uh, at Square evoke it across so many Final Fantasy games. We still understand he's on his sabbatical through illness. Hopefully he'll come back in some form, but I suspect his probably his days of doing full-blown scores for large productions are now past, sadly. But hopefully he'll still be around con to consult and collaborate with future composers for the series and maybe other series too. I thought we'd hear both the original NES or Famicom sound chip, 8-bit version there, and also a version played by the London Philharmonic with Andrew Skeet, just to sort of show how incredibly well I think that that com uh, that composition and Uematsu's com compositions translate into orchestra which is, I suspect, how he heard them in his head, even when he was writing them for the uh, the humble NES or Famicom, as it would have been to him. I thought for this show, we'd kind of move through the times. There's a bit of a time jump at one stage, but generally we're kind of just heading forward through the history of games from 1987. Obviously, that isn't the very beginning, but that's just happens to be the earliest track we have today. Then we're moving on. We're still in the 8-bit era. Well, kind of. We were actually in the 16-bit era, but this is from an 8-bit console, albeit with a powerful graphics chip. Over to Gingertastic01, who says, I've been enjoying my new TurboGrafx-16 Mini these last few weeks, and I think it might be my favourite mini console to date. Having not played so many of the games, it has been incredible to discover all these great titles in one package. I've been spending most of my time on the fantastic Soldier Blade, which compared to many other vertical shooters is fairly accessible. Having said that, the last few levels are proving to be a bit of a challenge, but I am getting close. Music in the game is a highlight, and I would like to request the music from Operation 2.
Soldier Blade is the game. Operation 2 is the piece, and it's by Keita Hoshi from Hudson Soft's PC Engine Vertical Scrolling Shoot 'em Up from 1992. I have that game on Virtual Console, I think probably on Wii and Wii U. I was going to get a TurboGrafx-16 Mini or a PC Engine Core Graphics, as it's known. It was made available officially through Amazon in this country. The only people carrying it in the UK. Our Chris got hold of one, got his pre-order in nice and early. My intention was to get one. It's £100. I've got the Super Nintendo and Mega Drive Minis, and I like them very much. I was going to add this one to the collection. Looked at Amazon the other day. Currently unavailable. We don't know when or if this item will be back in stock. There's probably other places to get it if I could import one maybe somehow. But a bit disappointing. I should have just got the uh, ponied up the cash when it was available. But uh, you snooze, you lose with some of these devices. It's a shame. Fortunately, there are still other ways to play those games. But uh, there is something nice about the minis, especially when they're as lovingly well put together as apparently that one is. Anyhow, regrets. I have a few. Now we have a new community member with a fresh request from the forum from a game or a series of games we've never heard from before. However, we have heard from the composer. Ms. Knight posted to say, I love this soundtrack, good sax parts and a nice rhythm. So before Westwood got famous for Command and Conquer, they'd been making, as well as the Dune games, that, uh, or uh, Dune 2 that would inspire Command and Conquer, they'd also made the Legend of Kyrandia games. I remember the first one from Amiga, but by the time the second and third came along, Westwood were focusing on PC, quite understandably, as the Amiga was very much on its way out. I don't believe either Book 2 or 3 came to the Amiga. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but certainly I associated them with PC, but I didn't have a gaming PC at this point. So, yeah, Kyrandia always looked really nice. It had this, uh, you know, pointy clicky interface, really colourful graphics, a fairly distinctive fantasy world. And yes, Frank Kapaki was the composer responsible for the music. Obviously, I assume, depending on what equipment you had at the time, what kind of a sound card, you would have heard different interpretations of this. But by the mid 90s, if you had a, a high end sound card, you could enjoy something that sounded very, uh, very lush and FM or yeah decent kind of synth analog not not analog digital synthesizer type sounding music and yeah most of the i think there are uploads of different versions as there often are for, for these pc games for those who want to nostalgia in the uh, uh the, the speaker beeps or whatever or the uh, the slightly down market sound card options but i think this is as uh, as good an upload as we could find so Ms. Knight requested a number of tracks and we may revisit those in the future. But yeah, this is a really nice one called simply Kyrandia.
Virgin Interactive released that back in 1994 for DOS PC and Mac. Definitely not on the Amiga, that one. And yeah, so it was, we covered Blade Runner on the Kane Rinse podcast a while back, which has since become available again via good old games, thankfully. At the time, we decided to make that podcast covering that 1997 classic, one of our Carl's favourites based on possibly his favourite film. There was no availability, so it was a case of tracking down discs or dredging them from out of our collections, uh, running them in uh, under emulation or you know, um, you know virtual windows options or whatever. Uh, I'm sure the, the team went into it at the time. And I'm not sure, I can't remember if they went into the fact that Westwood did have a history with point and click type adventures with, with Kyrandia. Kyrandia? Kyrandia. I've always said Kyrandia, but maybe it's said in the game. I don't know. Does it even have speech? Probably not. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there we have it. Maybe more to come in the future, but interesting to hear from Frank Klopaki pre-Command and Conquer. I've been very much enjoying the Command and Conquer remaster that recently came out with remastered, or not even remastered, re-performed music by Frank Klopaki and his Tiberian Sons band. And uh, it really makes that music stand out rather than the old compressed versions, which are also in there. Uh, the sort of, yeah, compressed, uh, computery sounding versions. But yes, you now have the option with a lot of the tracks of these uh, nicely modern recorded live or at least semi-live, partially live tracks. So yeah, I recommend checking that out. Perhaps we'll feature one of those remastered tracks in a future Sound of Play. Moving forward in time. Actually, we're not. This is the same year, but this is uh, this is now a 16-bit console game. And... A much-loved series from those who have spent time with it. A series, and I know I repeat myself saying this a lot, but it's always meant genuinely a series we'd love to cover on the Kane and Rince video game podcast in terms of discussing at least the first two games in the series, Mother and Mother 2. Octorock385 from the forum says, About once a year, I dust off my Wii U to replay Earthbound, a game which has cemented itself as my favourite of all time. The culminating battle of the game has been written about extensively already, but this piece of the soundtrack was burned into my brain long before internet forums and blogs had dissected the game's villain and themes to pieces. The first section of the music references the final battle of Earthbound's prequel, Mother, or Earthbound Beginnings, as it's known officially in the West now. The second section is its own beast entirely. Very much so. It really took me by surprise. First listening to this for the show, I was thinking, is that? really a Super Nintendo playing that. And then after a little while of reprising that Mother One theme, it very much turns into a, a very different beast.
That was called Pokey Means Business. And the composers on Earthbound or Mother 2, Geiger Strikes Back, were Keichi Suzuki and Hirokazu Tanaka. Ape and HAL Labs. Nintendo, of course, from the Super Famicom and the SNES. And you can now play that in a few places. Yeah, Wii U Virtual Console. Pretty sure it came to the Wii as well, but you can't download those anymore. You can play it on your Super Nintendo Mini. It's not currently on the Switch SNES service, but I have a strong hunch, and I don't currently have any contacts at Nintendo, but I have a strong hunch Earthbound will be one of the next games they add to the Switch's Super Nintendo library. They've just added the first Donkey Kong Country and a wrestling game that I'd never heard of before. But yeah, I reckon Earthbound's on the way. Maybe late summer, autumn, Christmas. I don't know, something like that. Don't hold me to it. Pure speculation on my part. But it'd be nice to make that available on a system that's owned by so many. Another generation jump forward for our next selection. This is a game we're going to be covering in the not-too-distant future on the Kane Reads Video Game Podcast. It'll be issue 433. And although we've previously looked at Rayman Origins, we decided to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the original game, we will look at Rayman's actual origins, the original Rayman. Our Mikil is currently, at the time of recording, playing through the game on our Twitch channel on Thursdays. Look out for those and also look out for the archive streams up on YouTube. Mr. Ixalite is the one who requested this over on the Cana Rinse forum. Mr. Ixalite says, with its gorgeous cartoon visuals and whimsical tone, Rayman was the game that made it clear that I had to own a PlayStation. But though the game starts off pleasant, it eventually reveals itself to be absolutely brutal. It's one of those games where I can't comprehend how my younger self played it to completion, though I can only assume cheat codes were involved. The last point before the difficulty starts going off the rails is Bandland, after which any of my attempted replays inevitably peter out. Luckily, it is also the game's absolute peak in terms of audiovisual presentation and probably deserves a lot of credit for my lingering affection for the game. I wish I could just submit the entire Bandland soundtrack, but singling one out, Harmony, is absolutely the most iconic. It serves as a surrogate theme for the entire game in my mind, encapsulating its dreamlike atmosphere and soothes your nerves as the platforming challenges get ludicrous. Harmony by the late Remy Gazelle, Didier Lord, 
Stefan Belanger also worked on the soundtrack for Rayman. As usual, I'm afraid I'm unable to pinpoint who should be credited for specific tracks. I'm a little scared by Rayman. <laughs> when, when I I put it on our shortlist for 2020 podcasts, volume nine, because it's a significant anniversary, 25 years old. It was a game that sold a huge amount of copies, turned into a franchise, was available on loads of formats and looked like a fun game to go back to. Having played and completed Origins and Legends, then after several months, this game, the, the schedule had been locked in for several months. And then people started saying, oh, yeah, Rayman's like really, 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 really hard. Oh, <laughs> I have the PAL PS1 version that I can play on PS3 or uh, Vita, I suppose. So we'll see. Uh, it may be that those later levels that are brutal by all accounts are beyond my 48 year old platforming skills we shall have to see we still pledge to complete every game before we talk about them on the show barring acts of god small g or other issues considerations but uh, so my intention is very much to complete the game that's that's absolutely what i want to do uh, i'm sort of curious because yeah i've played the first world or so and yes it it doesn't seem even by the standards of scro side scrolling cartoonish platformers for the time which notoriously often did have momentous difficulty spikes two or three levels in i hadn't seen anything so far that indicated that this was going to be like that but having spoken with mikhail since some of his stream i am intimidated by rayman what a position to be in but that's very much a rod i've made for my own back i'm going to stick with cutish cartoonish platformers only this time of the japanese variety for our next pick this is a series that i would say you could file under kind of cult favorite there are a few sequels across different formats the original was remade on the wii which is a copy of i've still got a physical copy of klonoa the 2009 version in fact it was one of the very first games i remember talking about on a podcast back on gamer dork in 2009 but this track request by colin alonso is from the second game so we're now jumping forward again to 2001 and the ps2 colin says mirage plays on the level before the final boss which is one of the game's infrequent hoverboard levels the fast tempo adds to the sense of urgency as klonoa moves along the narrow paths on his hoverboard even during the short section where the windpipes are the main instrument the creepy background voices and laughter add a sense of unease as you quickly approach the final boss's lair yeah this is called mirage and i'll reel off the composers after
Klonoa 2, Lunatia's Veil. The composers who worked on that game, as was often the case with Namco titles, particularly this is the way they do things at Namco, or certainly was, still is, I think, to, to an extent. But uh, Kanako Kakino, Eriko Imura, Asuka Sakai, Yuji Masubuchi, Katsuro Tajima, Go Shina, Hiromi Shibano and Kota Takahashi. I feel like we had some, uh, we had, I know we had some Goshina recently from Mr. Driller, and I feel like maybe there's a there's a bit of Goshina going on there. So I don't know if that's just a Sheena track or whether everyone had a finger in every musical pie on that game. But uh, yeah, who, know, who knows how that works? The mysteries of Japanese video game studios, especially back in the 90s and early 2000s as that, as that track was from. So yeah, this is the time jump I was talking about. We do we do have some requests from the time in between 2001 and 2012, where this game's from. But I did want to put out a request. So canorince.com slash forum sound of play folder. There's a place in there. You can post the tunes that you want to hear on the show or just that you want to share with other forumites. And then we can decide from there whether we also want to share them with the sound of play listenership on this podcast, but I noticed going through our spreadsheet of requests for this show, there is a big old gap from 2004 inclusive to 2009 inclusive. We have no musical tracks currently requested that we haven't already played. We've obviously played some from those years over, uh, over time, plenty, but right now there's a gap. So from the beginning of the Xbox 360 period, to the kind of the peak of that generation and PS3 obviously came along a little after. There were also a ton of amazing PC games around at that time. And uh, Wii as well, DS, no requests. So if you have favorite pieces of video game music from that era, I suppose that was also the era of Guitar Hero and Rock Band. So we don't want those requests because we can't really play them. <laughs> but there was also, yeah, more original video game music from that era than you could shake several sticks at. So yeah, 2004 to 2009 in particular, but any any year, any time is good. Any format, any genre, you know how it works. We love to play all kinds of things on this show. And yes, so we jump from a 2001 PS2 colourful magical platformer to a brutally violent early 2010s top-down action puzzles strategies i don't know i don't know exactly what you'd call hotline miami i don't really get on with hotline miami terribly well i've tried a few times and i think maybe i just don't i don't know why i don't gel with it but for whatever reason it hasn't ever stuck or clicked with me maybe someday who knows it does happen sometimes but yeah this is a request from simon sloth Nothing to say other than uh, let's hear The Way Home, and it's by Magic Sword. We'll 
Denetons. Fairly legendary 2012. Hotline Miami. Magic Sword there. I don't know if they were named after or he or her. I don't know if it's a, a person, a male, a female, a band or other. But Magic Sword named after the game, the Capcom arcade game or not. I would, I could look it up. It's fun just to think, yeah, they probably were. So yeah, that started out on the PC, of course. I remember seeing it at a, a Rezzed Expo in Brighton in about, yeah, it would have been, I don't know. Yeah, way before, way before it actually came out anyway, but it was, it was, it was getting towards being finished at that point, came out on the PC and then of course has since been converted to everything. We covered it on that other podcast that we do. Hotline Miami, Kane and Rince 150 is the show. And the often maligned, perhaps much misunderstood sequel, Hotline Miami 2, wrong number. We'll be looking at that as a group. I'm I'm not on that show because I didn't get on with the first game, but some experts and fans and critics will be playing through Hotline Miami 2, wrong number for Kane and Rince podcast issue 431. Now request a recent request from a game I don't know much about, but based on this little bit of prose from Richard, who requested it, I am definitely interested. Richard says, Usually I wait until the dark days of autumn to dip into spooky games, but once in a while one grabs my attention and I can't wait until then to try it out. Somehow I missed The Shrouded Isle, released way back in 2017, a creepy, nauseating game where you play the role of a tyrannical leader of a violent puritanical cult. At heart, it's a management sim where you must make the hard decisions of who to punish, who to sacrifice, even handing out marriage advice, all while taking notes on the smallest perceived sins of your followers. Think Midsummer Tycoon. The soundtrack is chilling on its own. This piece, Skyclad Faith, which sounds like an homage to the works of legendary Silent Hill composer Akira Yamoka, captures the vibe of the Shrouded Isle perfectly. Thank you. 
the musician there, or composer, and or musician, Francois Xavier Bilodeau, from Kit Fox's Shrouded Isle, and Richard there, you had me at Midsummer Tycoon. <laughs> what a fantastic two-word pitch. Uh, what a great idea for a game. Uh, it sounds like the kind of game that can quite easily make you feel quite bad for playing it. Uh, it has good reviews rather than stellar spectacular. Uh, it's kind of, you know, knocking at a seven on seven out of 10, 74 on Metacritic. But yeah, it's interesting. It also has a, a distinctive look, very much uh, two colours of dark green and off green. <laughs> but yeah, uh, fascinating game. And what a cool piece of music. Yes, definitely was thinking of uh, Yamoka when I was hearing that. So yeah, here we go again. Thank you to all of you who have requested tunes. Thank you, the listener, for listening. And as always, sometimes I forget, but Editor Jay, without whom this show wouldn't happen, wouldn't exist, because I need somebody to do the technical things for me. All I can do is waffle. Keep those requests coming in over on the forum or via social media if you prefer. Details to follow. But remember, 2004 to 2009 inclusive, we have no audio, tune, music, video game, OST requests right now. Think about that and head over to canorince.com slash forum and pop them in there. If we get enough, we could do a show that's just about that five year period, as arbitrary as that may be. So yeah, bringing us almost up to date. We were 2017 for the last game. Now we are 2019 for this one. One of last year's big hitters and critical successes, I think, for the most part, was Remedy's Control. I've got this game available to me in my shared digital library with our Darren, and that was courtesy of a present given to Darren by our Carl. So thank you to both of you. But I haven't yet play, uh, got around to playing it, but I very much want to control. Um, John Cheatham, contributor to our blog. Check out some of his posts on our canerince.com slash. Uh, no, just canerince.com. Just go to the blog. You'll find John Cheatham's uh, pieces there. John says, I just finished last year's Control and this song plays over one of the best sequences in the game. As you take a funicular style cart through an endless forest of immense pillars stretching to either side as far as you can see, this tango plays around you. It maybe helps that I listen to and enjoy a lot of music in Finnish and particularly enjoyed the character of Ati, whose voice actor and face actor, I believe, also sings this piece. For a game with minimal use of music, this might be might just be one of the most memorable musical moments in games I've played. Yeah, this is quite unlike anything else we've featured today. It is called Sankarin Tango, or Sankarin, not sure. Also just Finnish Tango. The composer is Petri Alanko. And yeah, the vocal is by the actor and singer, Marty Suosalo. This is from Remedies Control from last year. And this is also a game that They've already pledged to update for PS5 and Xbox Series X. And I guess maybe that means it'll also get a big old update for uh, PC, modern PC graphics cards with RTX and all that. If it doesn't support that already, forgive me, I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. What a cool way to finish. 
it'll round off the show nicely. And so it just remains for me, Leon, to thank you all. And we'll say see you next time on Sound of Play. Vietti elämän alla synkän valtameren valon luokse armaan ainiaan. Yksin sankar yön Se taakka hänen harteillaan, kuin lupaus aina ois. Täs pelissä narri lyödään maahan aina vaan. Vaan hetki kuulus leposuodan, jotta kas kutsutaan. Ikuisuuteen laukaus kajahtaa, ei onnellista loppua hän kohtaa milloinkaan. Niin monta kertaa kerrottu tämä tarina jo on, sankarilla tuhat kasvot polkulohduton. Yksin sankar yön syvemmälle matkaa pois. Se taakka hänen harteillaan kuin lupaus aina ois. Täs pelissä Sultan